show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Allie Stevens. And I'm Nick Gunning. <laughs> I also almost forgot who I was there for a yeah, second. Yeah, you paused. It was like a whole pause, and I was like, yeah. who am I? Where yeah. am I? This is what happens when I don't write out a script. Allie, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. What's new? Well, <laughs> is this a leading Do you like question? when I throw unexpected questions? No, I'm just curious. What's going on in your life? Oh, yeah. you know, not much. Okay. Just, you know. Uh, I saw I s- the new Doctor Strange movie. I did too. Yeah. What we're, a coincidence. I know. We, so we are going to be talking about Doctor Strange a little later in the episode, but we've committed to in this episode here that you're listening to uh, or watching on YouTube, we're not going to spoil Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But after we finish this, we are going to do a spoiler-filled conversation about that movie. It's so going to be as much spoilers as possible. It's going to be more spoilers than not spoilers, I feel I like. I think that's definitely so, true. But again, you're safe here. We're going to talk a little bit about the comic book history of Doctor Strange, our own experiences uh, reading and or watching Doctor Strange, and many other things. Uh, but before we do that, let's open up our books and see where our bookmarks are at. Allie, what have you been reading? Not Doctor Strange. you got to save that for okay, later. Okay, but we'll other save things. Doctor Strange other for things. later. Other things, yeah. I just finished Who Da F Are You by Who Da Fami. <laughs> I know it's fantastic, right? <laughs> and the fact that her yeah. name is Hudafami, like it's such a great opportunity, and she went for it. I'm glad she, she did. I'm it. glad she did. Yeah. So, um, what this is is it's a graphic novel okay. um, about the experiences of this woman, this Muslim woman, particularly her high school kind of time and like figuring out who she is and okay. th- those kinds of things. Um, and we did our web comic episode a little while yeah. ago. I don't remember if we talked about Hudafami. No, at I all. don't think we did. Okay. But she, on Instagram, posts a lot of comics. And so if you've ever seen Yes, I'm Hot in This on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is about her hijab, yes, she's hot okay. in it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same author. And so, okay. yeah, it was just a lot of fun. That sounds I cool. I enjoyed it. It was a real quick read. Okay. Uh, anything else you got uh, coming up? Let's see. Whatever I've got coming up. I've been making my way through the Louise Penny books. Oh, still? I'm waiting okay. for one good, on Good, good, good. Okay. Yep. Nice. All right. It's like the agony where I wait like four weeks. Well, so you're still you're still on board. The rapid fire absorption of Louise Penny's work. It's going great. I would say it's just getting better and better. That's good. Good to hear. Good to hear. I still am a little bit on my book drought, uh, but I did I did read a few things. Um, I read Cool for the Summer by uh, Delia Adler. You read this. Oh, as I well, definitely did. Right? Yeah. This is our YA for Adults book club that we're going to be doing uh, during Pride Month. Uh, I listened to it as a as an audiobook and really enjoyed the reader and the performance. So that was a lot of fun. And again, the Greece references just uh, they hit me. They got me good. I'm glad I'm they glad. got me good. Uh, when, when is that? June fourth. June fourth, twenty twenty two. June second. I'm pretty sure it's June second. <laughs> it's a Tuesday, right? I thought it was a Thursday. <laughs> or I'll look at the library calendar. I I'm don't know. Pretty sure it's June second. Okay. All right. That so sounds right. So you can choose who you believe. That's true, and I would lean towards Allie Who's more with reliable? this because, yeah, I I think it might be you. Oh, I read a Star Trek book. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I read a Star Trek book called Sanctuary. It was by John Vornholt, who's written a lot of Star Trek books and other things. Uh, this was a book where Kirk and Spock and McCoy are chasing this fugitive, and he gets onto this planet called Sanctuary, and then they learn that there's no way to get off. That's the whole point of it. Oh. Like, they're there, and they're safe, and they have to just, you know, live in this society for the rest of their lives. But guess what? 
they don't want to. Mm. So you decide whether you think Kirk, Spock, and McCoy live out the rest of their lives on that planet. I don't want to give any spoilers for the book Sanctuary by John Bornhold. I also read a graphic novel called Shazam and the Seven Magic Lands. This is by Jeff Johns with art by May Nido and others. How do you feel about Shazam? I don't know a lot about Shazam. Nothing. You don't know. Okay. I'm like, uh, ooh, Shazam. Shazam. That's about as far as, that's have as you far seen as the, like the Zach Levy movie? I have not. Okay. I don't like it. But I love Shazam. Like okay. Shazam is like from the old olden days. There was a live action show uh, that I used to watch all the time. And I actually interviewed John Davey on the All the Books show who played Shazam oh. uh, in the latter half of the That's series. Cool. So I, I'm an old school Shazam fan. And Jeff Johns did, the, did a first Shazam reboot. And they hadn't really done much with him in a long time. And that Jeff Johns book, I think it's just called Shazam, they really heavily utilized for the Zach Levy movie which I don't like. Uh, this is more Jeff John's Shazam, and it just wasn't very good. It was more, it's Shazam in the Seven Magic Lands, and the Magic Lands I found very, like, little kid-like, which I know was the point, but I guess I just felt like I didn't really want to read Shazam and the Wizard of Oz, and that's what it felt like to me, so. So if it had called itself, like, Shazam and off-brand Wizard of Oz... I probably would have steered clear. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I would have even touched it. But the but again, the initial Jeff John Shazam run is really cool. And I love the old stuff, like 70s, 80s stuff, and even earlier. Uh, Shazam, back in the golden golden era of comics, you know, was, it was a contemporary with like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman back in the day. And DC was like, wait a minute, you have a man with black hair who can fly. We shall sue you. And so then Shazam and the Shazam family were basically out of print for you know, 50 years until mm. DC bought Fawcett Comics and brought them back. So Shazam has got a long convoluted history uh, and that's not what people are here for today. So I'm going to stop talking to you about Shazam. I'm just here for an excuse to say Shazam, Shazam. in a really loud voice as many times as possible. I'm, I'm reading The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley. That this is quite is the a, title. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. This is, uh, so the Library Book Club is doing Cool for the Summer. Uh, the podcast spotlight for Pride Month is going to be on The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley. And my, my old friend Bo Hutchings is going to be back. Always a good time. This reads very much like a an updated version of Anti-Mame by Patrick Dennis, which is one of my favorite books. So I'm, I'm here for that. And they've even like made allusions to that book. Like, you're just like Anti-Mame. So like, I know it's on purpose. Uh, and I'm having a good time with that. And then the, the She-Hulk trailer dropped. Did yes. You, did you watch it? I did. Do you have any feelings about She-Hulk? Are you... I don't have much background context okay. about She-Hulk. Yes. But I watched the trailer and I was like... You're ready for cool. it? Cool. Okay. okay. Let's yeah. go. All right. Well, I don't think I've ever... Like, I've read She-Hulk in a lot of things, but I've never, like, sat down and read like a run of She-Hulk. So I thought before the show, I might uh, give it a shot. So I picked up this one by John Byrne, which is sort of the iconic mm. She-Hulk series. It ran for ran for 60 issues uh, in the, in the I want to say late 80s, early 90s, because I remember getting these like in a comic book store. I have a few of these still. Uh, and at the time, it was the longest running like female-led Marvel series ever at mm. six, 60 issues. I actually, I don't know that it's been surpassed. I would assume... Probably the world's so great when it comes to female representation, uh, right? Yes. So probably <laughs> we'll talk about this more later. Probably no issues there at all. But yeah, so I'm reading some She-Hulk. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Are you watching anything cool? Um. So I mean, cool for you. Your version of cool. Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> I did just binge watch and binge read the entire Heartstopper series, both the books and the like. Okay. Netflix yeah. Yeah. Show. Yeah. 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 And because I was like, oh, I'll pick up this book. I've seen a lot of people checking it out right. and like just heard a lot of excitement. I'll see what it's about. And it's a graphic novel. So it reads really quick. Uh -huh. And it's also just like 
really sweet. And I was like, oh, this is fun. We're just going to read the entire series in one weekend. And then I was like, oh, look, there's a Netflix show. We're just going to watch the entire season in like two days. Yeah. So that's what we did. Wow. Okay. Mind you, there's only like eight or so episodes. You yeah, know, like yeah, it's one yeah, of those. Yeah. But even so. That's the eight is like the perfect number. I'm. We were watching through the Foundation uh, series over on Apple, and it's like 10 episodes. Something about that. I'm just like, I could do eight, but man, 10? I got five more to go? I feel like it depends a little bit how long the episodes are. Because if we're talking 45-minute episodes, I feel like eight works. Yeah. But if we're talking like 25-minute episodes, which a number of things are, I feel like yeah. now, more like 25, 30-ish yeah. minutes. Attention span. I feel like eight, going down. eight might be a little too few. It depends. I could, yeah, for a sitcom kind of thing, I could probably do a little more than that. But a lot of times, like, you know, these prestige dramas are like 55 minutes each, you know, like no commercials, just a straight, like almost a full hour. And sometimes I do get a little impatient with that. Mm-hmm. I just started one, another one on Apple called For All Mankind. And the premise is what caught my attention. It's what if Russia beat the U.S. in the space race? Oh. And the U.S. was sort of like, darn it, and always behind, mm. you know? And it's just, I'm not too far into the series yet, but it's dealing with the fallout of the of the morale loss, you mm. know what I mean? Like, JFK made his big, like, we're going to the moon, and then, like, mm. Russia beats them, and then everybody's kind of like, well, well, darn, are yeah. we not great? Like, that we thought we were. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I want to say the third season is coming out now, so not not a super long running show, uh, but I'm I'm liking it so far, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I have been on pins and needles for years now, waiting for Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, which is a spinoff of Star Trek Discovery. How are you in your Star Trek lore, Allie? I am not. Yeah. Into the deep Star Trek lore, okay. like I'm not like I I've seen some Star Trek. I like Star Trek. I come from a vaguely Star Trek family, but yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like the like deep dive okay. kind of star trek stuff okay. and i haven't really watched anything that they've released recently okay well <laughs> that's probably a good call but you might like strange new worlds <laughs> strange new worlds the captain of the show is uh, christopher pike and way back in the 60s the original star trek pilot is called the cage and it didn't have kirk or william shatner in it it was chris pike was the captain and it's a much more like heavy and serious kind of vibe and the network was like no too much scrap it and mm-hmm. they brought in shatner and kind of kind of lightened it up a little bit makes sense i've always really liked the character of pike and the cage of the episode in particular so in season two of discovery which is set before the original series they brought in pike played by anson mount uh more on anson mount later <laughs> he was playing pike as sort of like a guest star and kind of became the captain of discovery temporarily and there was there wasn't originally plans to spin him off but he was just so good he was just so compelling and people were just like you have to make a pike show and they were like okay fine but it's taken years for it to come out so at this point uh, when this episode drops there'll be three episodes so far but just really strong going back to a more um episodic format Mm -hmm. classic like 60s star trek is very much like here is the event of the week, whereas more modern Trek is like, this is one long, continuous, like, soap opera kind of story. Right. And Strange New Worlds is a throwback to the other one. So I would recommend it, and I think even if you're not a huge Star Trek fan or if you're not up to date on, like, Discovery or Picard, you would probably be fine to jump in on Strange New Worlds, and I'm having a great time. Uh, but the w- stakes are high, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, they're high. Okay. They're high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Uncharted? Have you seen Uncharted? I have seen Uncharted. What did I you saw think? it in theaters. See, Tom Holland, Marky Mark. I had a great time. You did? But I was like, okay. I know nothing about the game yeah. or any of the lore or anything. I'm just here to see Tom Holland do fancy things. Okay. 
some some crime Fa- fancy yes like just you know to clarify like fancy like barista trick oh things oh he does. oh oh like where he's a flair bartender yes like tom cruise there and cocktail go. okay i'm All here right. for that and to see like pirate ships flying through the air okay and it delivered on that and so you're i was right. like you know what you're right i can go home happy you see flying ships and you see uh tom as a as a mixologist so right you, you and got, then i'm like there you we got go. what you wanted well i came to this as uh, a fan of the games there's there's four games plus a spinoff uh in the uncharted series uh playstation 3 to playstation uh four and then there's also one on the PlayStation Vita, which is a handheld called the Golden Abyss, which I'm currently playing. <laughs> I love the series. I love the, I just I love the characters. I love the puzzle element of it. So I was excited to hear they were making an Uncharted movie. Not too thrilled with the Tom Holland casting, just because I don't think it gels with what I'm used to. So I was pretty bored with the uncharted movie and that's not what i wanted so see I was, this is where ignorance helps me i guess so i'm like okay i was disappointed by it there's a scene at the end where they come up on the beach and there's like a man on a chair and, and he, he's they explain what happened and he's like oh something similar happened to me that was nolan north who was the voice of the character of nathan drake in the show which was cool and i just learned that there's a novelization <laughs> and i love novelizations uh it's by sd perry but the audiobook is read by Nolan North, the voice oh, from the games. That's so, cool. I mean, obviously, I have to do that now. You'll have to keep us updated. Yeah. All right. Is that it for your uh, reading and watching list? Um, I feel like there are other things, but some of them we're going to talk about later. Yes. Correct. Okay. Nothing else is coming, so I guess that's that. Okay. Well, let's roll into some book news then. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. Since right now, as we're recording, we're right in the midst of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, I thought we might look at some books uh, on, on that topic. And we're going to look over at Barnes & Noble here. Uh, this was put out April 28th of 2022 by the Barnes & Noble editors. And it's just some some new and old things to, to read uh, as we celebrate the contributions of Asian American and Pacific Islanders uh, to the world of literature. Before we start, I have to know, oh is my gosh, this a yes. competition to see who of us has read the most of these? Uh, well, because uh, I know sometimes that's what we do. It is. But I just need to be prepared. I have looked at the list and I'm confident that you would win that. So if you want an easy win, let's call it a competition. Okay, okay. Okay. So let's look at a few nonfiction here. Uh, number one on their list is Rise, a pop history of Asian America from the 90s to now. This is by Jeff Yang, Phil Yu, and Philip Wang. A magical tour through the past three decades and more of Asian American history and a culture, a journey of sweat, tears, sacrifice, inspiration, disappointment, innovation, and breaking through. Also in nonfiction, we have Eat a Peach, a mm-hmm. memoir by David Chang uh, and Gabe Ula. David Chang is much more than just a chef, and his memoir set in the food world is much more than the Mamafuku restaurants of ugly, delicious TV travels he's known for. I don't know. I don't know that show. Do you know? I don't either, but I'm down to eat a peach. I always <laughs> like peaches. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, in the fiction world, The Family Chow. This is by Lan Samantha Chang. A reimagining of the brother's... Oh, I always say Thank you. The Family Chow successfully combines a propulsive literary mystery, a generational family drama, and the American immigrant story into one can't-put-it-down novel. That does sound like quite a lot. I love mysteries and generational family dramas. Honestly, yeah. That's good stuff. This sounds good to me. Uh, Let's see. We have Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Su Lin Tan. This captivating fantasy seamlessly weaves ancient Chinese mythology into a sweeping adventure of immortals and magic. Mm, I don't know. 
myth ancient mythology stuff i don't i don't usually gravitate towards how do you feel? i sometimes like mythology stuff it depends okay but the cover art is fantastic it is good cover art yeah you're right you're right it not is good. to judge a book by its cover yep but yep what well, let's look at a few young adults here Allie. all right up at the top we've got american born chinese by jean luen yang this modern tale. There here we, we go. go. This modern fable seamlessly tells the story of Jim Wang, the only Chinese American student at his new school, the Great Monkey King, yeah. and Chin Ki, a cringeworthy personification of the negative Chinese stereotype. Very good. This I I I mean I anything I've read by him, I've I've loved. He's written tons of great Superman stories like Superman Truth or um, Superman Smashes the Clan, but also Dragon Hoops and American Born Chinese. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of all his stuff. Have you read this one? I have not read this one. Ooh, so if we stop now, I'm winning. That's true. So that's good. Okay, what are these other ones do you want to pick? Okay, well, let's do a show for two by Tashi Boo. Okay. Okay, Swoony and Bingeworthy. A show for two is a YA romance that will have you crinkling your nose and smiling like a dork the entire time. <laughs> Or your money back. Yeah. It doesn't oh, really, really say that. Oh. With a celebrity attending high school under a secret identity and an aspiring screenwriter luring him into her film competition. Mm. Luring, mind you. Uh, yeah, yeah. This must read is sure to be your new favorite romance. Do you think? Will it be your new favorite romance? I don't know. I okay. read Tashi's first book, which oh, is okay. Counting Down With You. Uh-huh. And it was a pretty good time. Not your but favorite romance. But fun fact, okay. this book is based on the time Tom Holland was undercover at her school. Oh, really? Yeah. Tom Holland of Uncharted fame. Tom Holland of Uncharted oh, fame. I hear he mixes a mean drink in that movie. <laughs> All right. We've got Last Night at the Telegraph Club oh, yeah, by yeah. Melinda Lowe. Have you read this? No, but it was like it was up for so many awards. I've read about it many a times. I have read this one. Oh, I thought you? it was pretty oh, good. Oh, cool. Okay. Set in 1954, San Francisco, Last Night at the Telegraph Club is a must-read coming of age story about a Chinese-American teenager learning to understand herself, her sexuality, and her culture during a time and place where she is seen as less than. Hmm. Okay. Honey, an issue's guide to fake dating. I did just read this one. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. By Adiba Jigardar. Okay. I'm going to tentatively say that's how it's okay. pronounced. Okay, yep. The fake dating storyline is nothing new, but this sapphic spin feels fresh and joyful. Alternating points of view between Hani and Ishu will draw readers in and have them rooting for the couple until the very end. Okay. Uh, let's one How do you feel about fake dating? Fake dating? Fake dating as a trope in stories. I mean, it only ever goes one place. Oh, that's so definitely you really true. Have to, you really have to buy into like the chemistry in the situation because there are no surprises ahead. I generally like a fake dating story. I do. You know, I think of like The Proposal with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. I that's haven't a, actually seen that one. Oh, stop everything and go watch <laughs> that. It's so funny. All right, I guess I'm leaving work early today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pull a one young reader here because I've read it and Do I it. want to at least tie when you trap a tiger winner of the 2021 Newbery medal we did this for a system-wide book club and it was a really uh, it was just a good uh, a good conversation when Lily's family moves to Washington to be with her ailing grandmother or Halmoni the last thing she expects is to encounter a magical tiger she's heard about in Halmoni's Korean folk tales she soon learns that the tiger is the key to uncovering Halmoni's past and possibly saving her life Ooh. you like it you were really reacting Strongly. It sounds cool. I'm here for magical tigers. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I read Aru Shah. Okay. Got, that we went past. Do you want to talk about it? Go ahead. Aru Shah and the End of Time. Perfect for fans of Rick Riordan. Aru Shah and the End of Time follows 12-year-old Aru, 
who tends to stretch the truth. Mm. When three classmates try to catch her in a lie, she lights a lamp that releases an ancient demon whose job it is to awaken the god of destruction. And things go about how you would expect. Okay. Um, it, this is one of those like Rick Riordan Presents books. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of in that feel. It definitely has that vibe. I mean, you can see, if you look at the cover, it's got even the little like Rick Riordan seal of approval on it. Exactly. But it, but it looks like that right away. Are you a Rick Riordan fan? I'm a Rick Riordan fan. Have you read his stuff? I... I should amend this a little bit. Ooh. I read the Percy Jackson series. Oh, the whole series, though. The whole series. Okay. I read about half of the sequel series, the okay. like, Heroes okay. of Olympus, and then I was like, meh, and, and I just stopped. Is there a Norse one, too, or am I making that there up? There is. It's okay. Magnus Chase. There it is. That I have yeah. not read either. Okay. And I also didn't read the Egyptian one, because Egyptian mythology freaks me out. Freaks but I love out. Moon Knight. The show was great. Oh, okay. So. Huh. Interesting. Why did you stop? You just lost interest? Well, I got to the end of... The Mark of Athena. Okay. Which I will say is a literal cliffhanger. Mm. Okay. Minimal spoilers, it. but it is I a literal it. cliffhanger. I get it. And I was like, okay, it's a whole nother year until the House of Haiti comes out because we just like to torture ourselves yes. as fans. Yep. And then by the time it came out, I was like, I just, the charm had worn wow. off. And I was wow. like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like Uncle Rick is holding it together. <laughs> the Mark of Athena has like seven characters traveling around okay. all the time. Yeah. And the dialogue is just like ping, ping, Not, ping, okay. ping. You Not for like you. seven characters. Yeah, How yeah, are you going to yeah. do a conversation between seven characters for an entire okay. book? Yeah. So, and then I just never got around to finishing huh. it. Okay. That's yeah. fair. I don't think I've ever, I saw the Percy Jack, like the first Percy Jackson movie I have seen. Oh, yikes. And that's the only Rick Riordan thing. I think maybe I've read a, a Rick Riordan Presents. Okay. Uh, but that's it. So I don't know. As, the movie is not a great representation. I remember it being kind of bad. I remember it sort of like just wishing so hard that it was Harry Potter and it's not. That's so, fair. You know. But like, yeah. But the that's movie, not that's not Rick Riordan's fault. Thing. You know. That's uh, so. An, I'm, I think I'm, they're making a show. I've like, heard that. Kind of redoing it. Because yeah. Everyone was like, why is the movie so terrible? Yeah. I don't want to watch it, but I, I, I've heard I that might too. Watch it. Well, the whole list here you can find at barnesandnoble.com and we'll share it out on the uh, social medias, uh, all the book show on Twitter, David A. Howe Public Library on Facebook. Hey, and while we're talking about things, go and rate and review us and share us with your friends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking through the list, Sally, to see if there was one more we could talk about so that we could at least tie, but I haven't read any more of these mm. on the list. So you Disappointing. you Disappointing. squeaked out a victory, but it was it was very close. It was very close. Uh, shall we get to our topic at hand? Let's do it. Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, as I recall, comic book and like comic book lore wasn't wasn't a huge part of your growing up your background that is correct nobody in your family comic book fan my dad read comics like at some point and would sometimes talk about it It has like some issues random things okay yeah okay all right so no shame to dad so i guess uh no you shamed him you publicly shamed him and we all heard it so is the mcu sort of like the thing where you're like oh comic books and made like kind of put it more in your consciousness in your mind i think that was where it started like i watched the avengers when i was 12 with my friends and that was when we were like (laughs) we need to have a black widow movie yeah yeah. not that i'm salty that it took so long but anyway um and i was like this is cool and so i started following the mcu and then eventually i was like yeah comics are a thing yeah we should try that and I think 
the first like comic book comic books that I read, I think were those Ms. Marvel. Yeah, comics. that's yeah. I I so. assumed, I've been reading those too because we're doing a uh, a book club. We we started this Discord book club. We had our first one where we talked about Batman. It was primarily Batman Year One, but Batman in general. The next one that we're doing uh, in June of of uh, twenty twenty two is going to be on Doctor Strange, the Jason Aaron run, and and beyond. But we're also going to be doing a Ms. Marvel one. So I've been reading those for the first time. I saw you gave one of them a less than I didn't, a yeah, less I than didn't, many stars. I didn't on really like the. Uh, the second chunk of of issues but i think i know i'm sorry uh save it for that conversation but i will say that i think like having read web comics with you already i could see a lot of similarities in the vibe there Mm. it has kind of a web comic feel to it which i think is smart and probably why it hit as hard as it did one of the reasons why that makes sense but we're not talking about ms marvel today we're talking about dr strange Uh, so let's let's get into the history here of Doctor Strange a little bit. Doctor Strange uh, goes back to 1963. So JFK could have read a Doctor Strange comic. Oh my goodness. You don't know. I like to think he did. Uh, Doctor Strange was created by Steve Ditko with Stan Lee and first appeared in Strange Tales number 110, July 1963. If your dad has that one, it'd probably be worth some money. I doubt it. Check, check I don't the think trunks. he collects Doctor Strange, but I'll, I'll check. Check you the know, trunks. I'll ask. So according to Ditko... Uh, who also co-created Spider-Man and Squirrel Girl for oh, Marvel, as I well do as love the, Squirrel Girl. I know you do, and the question for DC. He brought a five-page illustrated script uh, for Doctor Strange to Stanley. It was kind of like, "Here's what I want to do. Here's where I want to go," and they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." And really, his reasoning behind that was, "Let's mix it up. Like we we have all these like superheroes that are superheroes. Let's like get magicy, you know." And for a long time, Doctor Strange was really was really the the one like Marvel magic character. I mean, Scarlet Witch is not too far behind this, but her powers over the years sort of fluctuated between like she's a mutant, she's not a mutant, she's magic, she's a mutant, whatever. You know, but Doctor Strange has been consistently like a mystical, magical character. So it was kind of a, a at least it would shake things up to have Doctor Strange just come on there. So he appeared in Strange Tales number 110, Uh, And the series would be renamed Doctor Strange with issue 169 and would continue on. Uh, Then he'd take over the Marvel premiere book, get a second series after that, and then just sort of remain, I don't know if I would say top tier, but certainly one of the more well-known Marvel characters that's out there. Like most people who are familiar with Marvel could at least recognize Doctor Strange as a character. You know what I mean? Not so much for somebody like a Manphibian, you know, the average person wouldn't know. I don't think I know who Manphibian is. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, his first animated appearance was on Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends in an episode called Seven Little Heroes, which was in 1981. Wow. I love I love Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. More on that in a minute because I've got plenty to say. His first video game appearance was in Quest Probe featuring the Incredible Hulk for Commodore 64 in 1984. I had a Commodore 64. Uh, and I played games like this. This is one of those like text adventures okay. where you see an image and it's like, go west, go through the door, open that box. And it would That's be like, fun. I will or I can't or I don't understand the question. I didn't have this one, but I had the Spider-Man one. And mm. a lot of good times were had with me narratively typing things for Spider-Man to do. First live action appearance is in the 1978 film starring Peter Hooten, just called Doctor Strange. 
This was sort of on the heels of the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, Hulk show, uh, which Thor eventually showed up in those movies. They were kind of trying to get a Marvel like TV movie thing happening. There was also Nicholas Hammond and, and Spider-Man and some Red Brown Captain America films. So this was a time where they were trying to be like, hey, maybe there's money to be had in putting these characters on the screen. I don't think that this movie is remembered particularly well. Uh, but it is coming out on Blu-ray now with the new attention on Doctor Strange. I didn't Strange. know about it, so well, for whatever that tells you, you can rectify it now. But I also now. didn't know who somebody. Amphibian? Yeah. I yeah. Also well, didn't that's a deep cut. Was, so. That was a purposely oh, deep oh. cut. Uh, his MCU debut was in the 2016 film Doctor Strange, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. And I couldn't. I had to look that up because I, I couldn't remember if we got a hint of Doctor Strange in something else, but. I don't think so. It was just kind of out of the blue. Yeah, I think it was just like, hello, I'm Doctor Strange. And you want to hear something that'll really make you crazy? Okay. I haven't seen that movie. Wait, you s- wait, you saw Multiverse of Madness and you haven't seen Doctor Strange? Yep. It's so readily available. I know. I just I was going to watch it before we went, but yeah. I didn't get around to it. I was too it. busy like playing D&D with my friends and Well, things, good so. news for you. It's not a sequel to Doctor Strange, so you're just fine. Well, that's kind of what I figured. And yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm going to give you some reasons why I haven't seen it, but we can get into that in a minute. Okay. I'm going to give you a few more facts here because I know we're going to we're going to cover so some of these facts. characters as well. Uh, so Doctor Strange's partner, companion, friend Wong uh, also debuted the same time as Doctor Strange. So in that first uh, issue there of Strange Tales, he appeared in the live action movie uh, Doctor Strange in 1978, played by Clyde Kusatsu, uh, who I know from Star Trek. <laughs> And in the, the 1990s animated series, Wong showed up, voiced by George Takei, also from Star Trek, oh, which I can't wow. picture that. I don't see that. That's understandable. In the MCU, he's played by Benedict Wong, which I think is a funny coincidence. I think that's a funny you coincidence got, You got two, two Benedicts. And then Wong is Wong. Yeah. And finally, America Chavez, who uh, is a, plays a prominent role in Multiverse of Madness, was created by Joe Casey and Nick Dragata and first appeared in the book Vengeance, number one, in 2011, and then made her way over to Young Avengers, where she's probably most closely associated with that group. She appears in the Marvel Rising series, voiced by Sierra Ramirez. Uh, so that's it for, uh, for factoids here. So then let me ask you, Allie. What was the first time you encountered Doctor Strange in the wild? Okay, in the wild. So I was like vaguely aware of the movie that came out in 2016. And I was like, maybe I'll go watch it. And then I had some friends come back from seeing it. And they were like, meh. Okay. Eh, like it's really. And I was like, okay, less less of a high priority. Maybe we'll get to it eventually, which we obviously have not yet done. Yeah. And so the first time I really encountered Doctor Strange was when he started showing up in the Avengers. Oh, okay. In the movies. Okay. And I was like. Oh, like this seems pretty cool. He seems like a chill guy, yeah. and it's fun to have him kind of as part of the team, doing right. different things, bringing in some magic. Yes, yes. And so that was really my first encountering okay. of Doctor Strange. So it's Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange. Like, is, yes, is Doctor Strange okay? I didn't gravitate towards Doctor Strange comics. Like, I don't think like I'm th- thinking through the comics in my long boxes, and I I don't think I have any like straight up Doctor Strange books. Certainly, things that he shows up in. But my initial introduction to him would have been in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, which uh, the show was early 80s, and it was just sort of rerun forever. I had, like, VHS tapes <laughs> on it and everything. VHS. This was... Yeah, yeah. This You still have VHS I tapes. I sure do. Uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends was a response to the Super Friends show. It was like, how do we get some Marvel characters hanging out? And so it's Spider-Man uh, and Iceman, who was an X-Men, 
and it was going to be the Human Torch from Fantastic Four, but there was a rights issue, so they made a character called Firestar, who uh, was given the background of being an X-Men as well. But that show, I loved. I mean, the, the episodes I had on VHS tape, I could probably do a performance for you of the in, of the shows in their entirety. Are like you just right going to tease us right with now. that and then not do it? Yes, that's my plan. Okay, okay. But so many characters, I like Iron Man, Thor... Um, probably not Captain America, but like the the original X Men, like Beast, Professor X, and stuff. I can trace all of those back to Spider Man and his amazing mm-hmm. friends. It's just a fun show. It's a it's a cool dynamic that they have. And Doctor Strange did an episode in that, and that's where I was like, oh, Doctor Strange, okay. And really, the next several associations I have are Spider-Man related because he did the episodes he did in the Spider-Man animated series are just cool like it's it's a really good i always like the pairing of spider-man and doctor strange because spider-man is so like street level and young and irreverent and doctor strange is so like i am mystical and magical and serious so which animated show is that is that the one with the obnoxious theme song well what what do you spider-man spider no 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 that's uh that's because i was like trying to imagine doctor strange in that and i was like no no, no, Spider-Man, that one is, like, from the early 60s, and it okay. is, that is a pretty cheesy show. No, this was, like... It's got some really hilarious one-liners. Yes, it does. No, this was the uh, the early 90s show that was concurrent with, like, the X-Men animated series and other things. Cool. Doctor Strange would pop up there. Uh, and then, comic book-wise, I'm sure that prior to this, I had read, like, Doctor Strange showing up in other things. But when I was thinking back, like, my associations with, like, really reading Doctor Strange was in a run of The Amazing Spider-Man written by J. Michael Straczynski, which um, that run takes Spider-Man and it's and it kind of makes his powers a little bit more magic-based. Like, he doesn't have magic powers, but the premise of that book is that it wasn't just like a chance that Spider-Man got bitten by this radioactive spider. There's like a whole, Hmm. a spider totem in this like realm of spider related powers. And Spider-Man is like the one for, for this era who has those powers. So it's a really cool concept. And because of that whole magic angle, he eventually seeks out Dr. Strange and they just go on this whole like magical adventure, sort of exploring Spider-Man's, new like connection to this magic world and it, again it's just a really good pairing of the mm. characters and the storytelling that does sound fun. here's the thing that broke my heart though in that run there's a little footnote where spider-man and dr strange talk about this adventure that they had and there's a footnote that's like oh that happens in this comic i scoured the internet for this comic and it was canceled they never actually made it but they put the footnote in spider-man oh, to so direct rude. traffic to it so i never got to read it that is disappointing. But there is a J. Michael Straczynski Doctor Strange origin called Beginnings and Endings, which is probably my favorite Doctor Strange comic, like standalone Doctor Strange comic that I've ever read because it plays with the origin a little bit. You know, it's still the familiar things. He's a he's a surgeon. He breaks his hand. He seeks out ways to I mean, that all that's all there. But it just adds a little bit of like depth and humanity that I, I think you don't always get <laughs> with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you in the comics, what what Doctor Strange comics have you read? Okay, so I haven't read a ton. Okay, we've That's been reading right. this. What is it? Who are the people who wrote this? Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. Jason yeah, way of weird. Mm-hmm. The way of the weird ones. Yeah, which I have not finished yet. Okay, but besides that, I read this comic that wasn't like a Doctor Strange comic. Okay, it was Marvel. I want to say it's sixteen forty two. It's some combination oh, yeah, of yeah. numbers. I think it's sixteen oh two. That sounds yeah, right. Yeah. 
I was like, shoot, I'm not going to remember these numbers. Yeah. Was that Neil Gaiman? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I read that and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And it has Doctor Strange in it. Yeah. And in that comic, Doctor Strange is great. And I was like, this is a great time. And he's there with his wife, Clea, who's even cooler. There you go. Yeah. And I was like, this is fantastic. And so I think in some ways compared to that, the awesomeness of the Doctor Strange and Clea duo, the like MCU appearance begins to fall a little short. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you'd, so you'd seen the MCU stuff prior? Yes, I'd seen some of it. Okay, so is that kind of your go-to Doctor Strange story then? Like, is that the place that you think? I feel like, I don't know if I have a go-to Doctor yeah. Strange story. I feel like there's this mystical yeah. kind of idea in my brain of what could be. Okay. That I okay. have not yet found. Yeah. So. Yeah, for me, I mean, even though it's a Spider-Man book, I go back to that JMS Spider-Man run. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the MCU. Uh, so you haven't seen the first movie. So my feelings on the first movie were pretty mixed. Like I'm uh, I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch in Sherlock, which is mm-hmm. where I first, and I think his, his whole thing works really well for that. I don't particularly like him as an actor and I wasn't thrilled with his performance in that first Dr. Strange. And some of it, some of it is his very like his, his flatness and his serenity, which I think works so well for Sherlock. I don't think the transitions worked quite as well in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my issue with that was he's this hotshot, like cocky jerk of a surgeon. He has the accident. that's really like a humbling experience for him. And then he has to go and like really work to get where he is. And I felt like in the Dr. Strange movie, his journey from like jerky, arrogant surgeon to like jerky, arrogant sorcerer Supreme or, you know, sorcerer Sur- Supreme, adjacent was just too quick like i just didn't think it was it was really there so i was a little underwhelmed i've also read the jason aaron stuff that you read and i and i did like that more than i expected to i guess but i've kind of come to the realization that i think i prefer dr strange as a character who like pops up who they like seek out well and i feel like that's a lot of what I've seen him in the MCU and he's really yeah. good in that role being like, I'm here with the gang. I'm yeah. supporting Spider-Man. Sort right. of, I'm doing whatever I'm doing. <laughs> right. And I don't know if he makes quite as good of a standalone character. Although yeah. I will say for this Jason Aaron run, especially the first one, I opened it and I started reading and I was like, it's so weird. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, it is. Some of the art especially is just like really weird things. And I was like, yay. Yeah. There is uh, so Marvel Marvel's app Marvel Unlimited has in, uh, this thing called Infinity Comics that we've talked about a little bit in the past, but and it converts it. I mean the original ones are just designed to scroll like the webtoons we were looking at, and they've been converting some of their established things into that, and they just recently converted the first uh, first run of Ms. Marvel and the Jason Aaron Way of Weird. And right after I read those things, and I was like, darn it, because I think I would have liked to have that infinite scroll, scroll option on there. So if you have the app, uh, I would recommend checking it out that way. If you're local, you can come check out all this Doctor Strange here because we have the full Jason Aaron run. We don't have beginnings and endings, but we do have one called uh, Doctor Strange Season 1, which is a pretty decent... Um, I don't think it's as good as the JMS one, but it's a pretty good introduction to the character if you... If you've only seen him pop up in the MCU or something like that, and you wanted to know a little bit more, that's that's a decent place to go. Um, how do you feel about like magical characters in general? Like specifically within kind of superhero yeah, context? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I'm okay with it. Like it's okay. a little bit like it's a little bit of a different flavor from a lot of the like standard superhero yeah. fare, which is usually like there's a scientific kind of reason right. for this, even though it's 
It can't be real yeah. science exactly because otherwise this wouldn't work. But I feel like a lot of the time it sort of feels like similar stuff anyway. And yeah. so I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think, you know, now Marvel is kind of amping it up a little bit. But I think DC has had a much more robust, like magical, not just the characters, but like a magical realm. I think it's just a little bit better utilized in that Marvel, I think, tends to be a little bit more grounded, like when we get into the X-Men and we have things like the astral plane and things which, you know, it's a little bit more like explainable, which has always been Marvel's thing, mm -hmm. you know, making things a little bit more realistic. But I, I didn't grow up reading a lot of magical stories because it was like, that's evil. That's, mm. you know, I, I had a lot of that. So I don't, I don't naturally think like, Oh, let's, let's read a magical thing. Um, and like I said, Dr. Strange to me, when he pops up in things, I'm always excited to see him, you know, and there's like a reveal and it's like, Ooh, Dr. Strange, <laughs> something's going down. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see it. And I think that's, that's how I prefer it. Um, and that's, that's why I think I liked him so much in Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, because, yeah. because of that role that he played where like Peter is stuck in this position and like he needs somebody who knows magic. So he goes to Strange. I think yeah. it's cool. I thought it was cool too. And I think, uh, again. kind of obnoxious in that movie, but. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. yeah. Right, right. We'll, uh, we, I mean, we'll avoid spoilers uh, for this for this portion. But I think too, even in M Multiverse of Madness, in some ways, he's kind of playing a supporting role in that too, because it's more of a venue for America Chavez and even even Wanda, the Scarlet Witch. Uh, let's talk a little bit about America Chavez. Okay. I feel like you're more well versed in this than me, so uh, let me, let me have it. I what I've mostly I read this. Um, America, the life and times of America Chavez okay. comic. This is by Gabby Rivera. I can hold it up so our, okay. our watchers can Yeah, see. if you're watching on YouTube, there it is. And, oh, and on the back, we've got her with um, Kate Bishop. Oh, guy, yeah. Who I also okay. love. So okay. that's, yeah, yeah. that's also a selling point. Yeah. And America Chavez is this character who is, like, very powerful, yeah. but she's, like, a teenage girl. A teenage girl of Latin descent, very, like, boisterous and things, and, like, yeah. punches holes in the universe and travels through multiverses and mm -hmm. things. And I was like, that's a fun concept. And then I saw that they were going to have America Chavez in the new Doctor Strange mm -hmm. movie, played by an actress who was on the first season of the Netflix Babysitter's Club. Oh, okay. Which I'd seen, and I was like, oh, I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. So it's Sochil Gomez is the actress. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't watched the first season of the Babysitter's I Club, I haven't. I have it's quite admit, good, I, I have to say. Okay. And so I was like, that's cool. So I'll like read up on her a little bit more. And yeah, I just think she's kind of a fun, interesting character. She was definitely a, a, a compelling part of that movie. Um, I, I'm sure, I'm trying to think like what things I've read. Because I, I was familiar with the character. Like I knew mm -hmm. who it was. And I feel like maybe it was Captain America that she showed up in. I don't know. I could see that. But I've read a thing or two where... Um, where I'd seen her. But the only time that I've really like committed to uh, reading a book that she's in was Young Avengers by Kieran Gillen, which was cool. It was interesting. And I feel like, I don't know if it's their plan, but at this point, Marvel, I feel like has got most of the Young Avengers in yeah. play. And so like, it that feels like something's happening there. It does. It does. Because I mean, you have Elena, you have Kate Bishop, you have, America, you have Wiccan, you know, in WandaVision and in this. I mean, you, you have, you've teased a lot of these characters. So I, it would be cool, I think, if that was a direction that they were going. I think so, too. You know, to have some younger, uh, younger characters in there, I think would be pretty cool. I really did think she was a standout of the movie. You yeah. Know? And I like, I feel like that's a character who's sort of like 
the stock is rising. You know, like yeah. it seems like people are gravitating towards that character. So clever of, of Marvel to go for it. But I think overall, uh, we could talk a little bit just about our feelings about the movie without saying anything in particular. Um, I was a huge fan of WandaVision. WandaVision Likewise. really, I was in a little, like post Endgame, I think in particular, I've been kind of like, okay, like I'll check out the Marvel thing. And none of the shows, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, even Hawkeye, like really clicked with me. But WandaVision, I feel like is maybe my favorite MCU thing, or at least like top three, you know, uh, because I think it's just such a great character piece. You know, it's it, very good. It, and it, it's different. It has it, a different yeah. feel, which I think is really fun. They they're patient enough to take the time to drop you into a situation that you don't understand and you really don't get answers uh, for maybe three episodes. And even then it's kind of like, you don't really know, you don't really know what's going on. So I feel like the development, particularly of the, the Wanda character, which up until that point had been pretty underutilized and underdeveloped in the movies to devote a whole season to this, this journey I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So WandaVision I was going into Doctor Strange 2 really as WandaVision 2 in my head. And I've got to say, I was disappointed uh, with the direction yeah. that it took. So again, no spoilers. But that that was my takeaway. There were things about the movie that I, I did enjoy. There were some narrative things, some some good storytelling elements that I did appreciate. And sitting there, I was never bored. I was entertained. But I do feel like it's a movie where if you really... If you really want to look at it and evaluate it, there's a lot of things that I think are difficult to get around. How, what was your general take on it? Pretty similar. Okay. I also really liked WandaVision. And I also am always here for making more superhero movies about women uh-huh. or superhero shows about women or yeah. both, if possible. Yeah. And so I was really excited when WandaVision was coming out, partly because of that. Because, again, like you said, Scarlet Witch is so underutilized. Before yeah. then, you're like, she's there and she's cool and you're not doing a lot with her. And so I also kind of went into the multiverse of madness, sort of like I'm here for some Wanda content. I'm also really excited about America Chavez and like, yeah, sure. Stephen Strange will be there and like, that'll be fun (laughs) because I like it when he's there with other people, you know, like that goes fine. And I just feel like, again, like I was never bored watching it. I was watching it and I was like, things are happening. It's kind of fun. But then I feel like when we got to the end, I was kind of like, what did we just do? Like, I, I'm not sure this exactly makes sense. And in some ways it feels like it really maybe should have been either a Wanda movie or an America Chavez movie. Yeah. Yeah. And had Stephen Strange in it, sure, but like I feel like both of them make more sense as characters well, to think center it around. I agree. And I think if you were coming for Doctor Strange too, I, I would think that would be disappointing because, because I don't the, think you the really the other things get, are so prominent. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you really get that. So I don't know. Uh, I, I was underwhelmed by it and I was mostly disappointed as somebody who was really like appreciative of the work they did in WandaVision. Yeah. So, and that probably colored my view. I think if you don't care about WandaVision or you didn't see WandaVision or whatever, and you yeah. go into this, you probably won't bump up on it uh, as much as I did, but I do think that would be a very different That's experience. what I was there for. So anyway, uh, my takeaway from like doing a little, a deeper dive into Dr. Strange is an appreciation for the character but also kind of crystallizing in my mind that I really prefer him to be someone I'm excited to see pop up rather than following a straight-up Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, and I feel like also kind of on a similar vein, I feel like I'm like, oh, yeah, some of the magic-y stuff and things, that's really fun. 
And then I realized that I just want more Scarlet Witch content. Yeah. So I'm yep. like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's where we've landed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we, we do have quite an assortment of Doctor Strange uh, things here, both in the adult section and in the youth section. I know we have a uh, Dr. Strain novelization and a few other things over there that you can find. We also have uh, several comics in the adult graphic novels. Uh, we have the, the Benedict Cumberbatch movie. We have the animated movie that came out uh, a while ago now, 10 or 15 years ago. Lots of Dr. Strange content, plus uh, pretty robust graphic novel collections for all ages. So true. Uh, if that's and we have Scarlet Witch content if you're feeling the same true. way I am. You're so. right. That's right. We have that three-volume uh, Scarlet Witch series. Uh, WandaVision is not on DVD, so we don't have that, but uh, I know. But there is... Uh, it's not on VHS either. I know. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, lots of good stuff here. You can dive back into the All the Book Show archives and re listen to our WandaVision episode which features uh, my wife, Hillary, who is also the host of Previously on X-Men. And if you want to pop over to that podcast, uh, she and Eric Mickles do a very deep dive and comprehensive look at the Scarlet Witch in one of their early spotlights. So that show's called Previously on X-Men, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Allie, I think uh, until we reconvene for a spoiler-filled conversation about the multiverse and madness i think that's pretty much it for this episode wouldn't you say i think so as well you can join us on the library book club uh, for discord you can send us a link i mean if you send a request uh, wanting to be on any of our social medias or an email at wellsville at stls.org we'll hook you up but our upcoming discord conversations are going to be about dr strange in june ms marvel in july and thor in august right that's what we're looking yeah. at yeah i think that's what probably we're she hulk we're sort of looking at like what's uh, what's going on pop culture wise that way whether you're a comic book fan or just a fan of the the movie or show you can join us and we can have a nice chat about uh, some pop culture superhero extravaganza fun absolutely times. okay uh that's going to do it for this week's episode of how's things Allie? thanks for podcasting along with me thanks for having me so long everybody <laughs> Thank you.